Welcome to Enneagram Conversations with Jackie Brewster and Courtney Barman, where you'll uncover and discover more about yourself and others through the helpful tool of the Enneagram. I'm your host, Julie Underwood. Welcome, Courtney. Hey, hey. So Jackie isn't with us today, so we're flying solo. I think we can do it. I feel good about it. I I do do. too. But we miss you, Jackie, and she'll be back with us next week as we continue to talk about triads. So today we have a special guest, Christine Bailey. Welcome, Christine. Hi. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So before we get too deep into this, let me tell you a little bit about Christine. First off, she is one of my good friends. I just adore her. And on top of that, she's a farmer and not just any farmer, but they do what is called regenerative farming. So it's like, I don't know, all the, all the words, ethical, sustainable, and by way, they make the most beautiful flowers, most beautiful, like tasty produce that you've ever had. It actually makes me think I like salad, which is incredible. (laughs) She's a writer, dreamer. She's a mom, a wife. So she started out in the music industry and um, turned into social entrepreneur like we talked about farming, and she's growing deep roots with her husband, um, who is a chef who is incredible as well. So they're just a real power couple in the uh, food regard. (laughs) And they have a 17 acre farm called Kindred Farm in in Santa Fe, Tennessee. Um, She's the host of the Kindred Life podcast and released her first book, The Kindred Life Stories and Recipes to Cultivate a Life of Organic Connection. If you know Christine, you know that that title just sums up perfectly like all the things she's about and um, just beautiful. That book came out in May of 2022. Mm -hmm. She's passionate about cultivating beautiful food and flowers, gathering the community at their seasonal kindred dinners, which we have been to many and they are amazing. They're truly like top 10 nights of my life. Like it's magical, you guys. If you can picture the rolling hills of Tennessee and sitting outside under lights and just talking with people, eating the best food, that's what you get to do when you do a kindred dinner. So um, we should put the link on that if we can. Um, but you guys probably already sold out for your spring one, huh? Yeah, but we'll do more. Don't worry. We're, we're, we've got lots of big plans for this year. So Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, man, those are the best. And in addition to all of that, Christine is homeschooling her two wild and free daughters, and she loves to do that. I think of you guys, imagine Little House on the Prairie, except like maybe more <laughs> educational. But the, the life she's giving these children and the education is just something to behold. And they are like such sweet, beautiful girls. And um, it's really, really amazing. You can find Christine on her website, christinemariebailey.com. And she's also an Enneagram 9. Yes. So Christine, thanks for being here with us. Oh, We're so, is, so excited. This is so fun. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for that intro. That was really sweet, Courtney. You know, I feel like I could go on. Oh, thank you. So Christine, we like to introduce our guests with a short game. Are you up for it? Uh, Totally. Absolutely. Let's do it. So what is your favorite food or meal of all time? That's a very big question. That was a hard one to narrow down. I'm going to have to go with, I might give two answers. So I'm going to have to go with comfort food. It's anything, any homemade Italian food. So I have like an Italian American heritage. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, having these big long table dinners with my Italian family. So anytime Steven makes homemade pasta, homemade bolognese sauce, um, homemade ravioli, things like that, that would be like one of my ultimate favorite meals. Um, But then as far as like more just like everyday food, a really interesting salad with all different textures and flavors, like Courtney said, like just finding a way to elevate that 
Um, and I love having like a salad for a meal. And then it's like bonus points if like we've grown the lettuce and grown the veggies and I, you know, could go outside and pick those ingredients that were in the ground like 10 minutes ago and make a salad with them for dinner. That's also like one of my things I could eat every day. That is inspiring <laughs> for my future lunch today. <laughs> yes. Christine, what does kindred mean to you? Kindred means tribe or family. So the reason that we picked that word for the farm is it it just really encompassed everything that we wanted to do here on Kindred Farm. We wanted it to be a place where people could be connected to the land, connected to community, connected to each other. And so it just felt like the perfect word that encompassed that, just um, creating a place of belonging. And the Kindred life is really putting that in everyone's hands. So I think kindred is a word that everyone can access no matter where you live. And it's something that everyone desires. Everyone wants to feel connected. Everyone everyone wants to feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. So that's what it means to me. I just loved that word. I've always loved that word. And it just felt like so perfect for what we want to do here on the farm and really a culmination of everything that we've been building like over the last 20 years, just in gathering people in our home all the way to, you know, coming here to the farm. So Yeah. I love that. What is your favorite thing to grow on your farm? Okay, definitely any flower. I'm expanding our flower fields this year, but I love growing sunflowers and zinnias, any wildflowers. We plant tons of wildflower fields, like for the pollinators, just for creating a healthy environment for butterflies and bees. But then as far as produce, I've learned in the last few years that I love growing storage crops. So anything that we have one big harvest and then we store it all throughout the winter and we can eat it like all throughout the fall and winter. And it's kind of this um, literally like the fruits of our labor are being enjoyed over and over. So that would be onions, garlic, different types of winter squash. So those are, those have been really, really fulfilling. It's just, I don't know. There's something about like that one big culmination, that one big harvest, and then we're enjoying it for months to come. And then when it's, you know, in the middle of winter, when nothing is growing, we're still enjoying like these fresh foods. So I really, really love growing that now. And then it's just like the smells of cooking, you know, fresh onions and garlic that just takes me back to like my Italian roots and everything. So I love the rhythm that talks about that just feels like so comforting and soothing, just the rhythm of we pick it and then we use it all winter. And yeah, there's just the whole rhythm to the harvest. And finally, what is your favorite thing about being an Enneagram nine? Well, as we all know, there are good things and (laughs) good parts and hard parts of each number. But I would say I love, um, I think that being a nine as a peacemaker, that God has given me a gift for bringing people together, for kind of maybe creating an environment of harmony and togetherness and um, community. And that comes more naturally to me as a nine. Something that I've realized since becoming a farmer is that I really think my um, personality as an as a nine helps me to really be more connected to the earth and to creation. Like I feel a deep, deep connection to God through nature. Um, Like in ways sometimes that I'm like, I don't know if anyone understands just how deeply I feel this. Um, And I can't always communicate it well, but I really see my faith through that. And I think a lot of that maybe is um, kind of how I see the world as a nine. Yeah. And I think um, seeing all different sides of a situation can be really helpful. So I think that's a gift of being a nine too. And it's also can be really hard to deal with because it's hard to make decisions. But um, hopefully it's a way that I can like understand people from all different perspectives. So yeah, I think that's such a gift. There's so many gifts the nine nines bring. I think there's a reason that they're at the top, right? There's just... 
we see so, the whole so view, I guess, right? But it's also, That's it can right. paralyze us, but it is, I think, a gift to be able to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we dive in, um, talking about the Enneagram, like triads specifically, how has um, the Enneagram in general, Christine, been helpful for you as as a nine, just as a person in general? Yeah, I think, oh gosh, I think it's such a helpful tool. I mean, I was familiar with like the Kiersey test and things like that, like other personality tests, not that it's just a personality test, but it's such a great tool to really understand yourself on a deeper level. And then also from like the spiritual perspective, like seeing how God really created each of us to fit into these like nine types and that we all work together in harmony in different ways and all kind of reflect a different facet of God's character, I think has been really neat. And just to embrace, like, I was made a certain way and I can live in freedom of that. And I love how the Enneagram gives you kind of those levels of health and like when you're kind of slipping into unhealth and it's 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 a good gauge to see when you're living kind of more into the freedom of who you are versus kind of sliding into that place of like, for me, it's slothfulness or being stuck. And I can recognize that so clearly now and kind of have the tools to bring myself back to a place of health. And then just understanding other people and that we are all wired differently. And, you know, even with my husband, who's an eight, so like, you're an eight too, Courtney, right? I think. Oh, yeah. Um, You got it. But so a nine being married to an eight could be like a really hard combination. Like we're completely opposite in so many different ways. But having the tools of the Enneagram has really helped us to work as a team and each have different roles within that team versus me trying to be this like more aggressive personality that is does not come naturally to me. And then him trying to be more of this like softer side, we kind of complement each other just knowing those are our gifts and to celebrate that in each other and not try to be what we're not. So and even in friendships, not to expect someone to be able to be something that they're not and just to celebrate how they were uniquely made. So I love all those things about the Enneagram. That's really helped me. It's funny, um, we've talked in the podcast before that a lot of people think they're a nine when they first are doing the Enneagram, like, oh, I'm such a peacekeeper, I'm so chill, I'm so laid back, and then they do some work and they end up finding, no, I'm actually a three, or I'm actually a five. (laughs) But it's funny that nine is the most misinterpreted of the Mm. Enneagrams. I feel like most people want to see themselves as a nine, so good for you that you are a nine. (laughs) I struggled because I, I, I just kept saying like, no, I'm, I, yeah, I'm total a nine. Like I'm always keeping the peace. And she's like, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think that's who you are. And maybe it's because nines can see all the different sides that I think maybe we can be mistaken for other numbers or, you know, like I thought I was a four or two, but then when you go to like, what is your core motivation or like the core um, ways that you see the world, I think it's so apparent to, you know, pinpoint that. And that's why it's good to process with somebody and not just take a test. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Christine, you're also in the gut or movement triad. So that's, we were talking, we've been talking about triads this month. And um, as a nine, do you resonate with having a disconnection between your gut instinct and thinking and feeling instincts? Or do you find yourself feeling unaffected by emotions or unattuned to your thoughts? Yes, that definitely resonates. And I'm still kind of learning about the triads. But I think that is really helpful to know as a nine, because even though I am in the gut triad, I feel like that is kind of a part of me that will be suppressed um, if I'm not in a healthy place. Whereas if I'm in a healthy place, I really can trust my gut and move 
based on what my gut is telling me and move forward. But when I'm getting stuck and not in a healthy place, that's when I'm not trusting my gut instinct, and then I'm getting stuck and not moving forward. So yeah, that definitely resonates. I think there's definitely times where I can be stuck in, you know, nines have trouble with conflict, we have trouble making decisions. But then there's certain things that I'm super passionate about that I will always move forward on and always trust my gut on, which is really interesting. I don't know why there's certain things that it's harder to trust my gut and things that there are easier to to trust. But when it, it when it has to do with my children, when it has to do with anything about like preserving childhood, speaking up for children, I will, you know, speaking up for people that injustice situations, um, I feel like it's easier for me to kind of trust that gut and speak out boldly. And then in times, I think it's in times when I know that something is going to cause a conflict or potentially harm a relationship is when I tend to turn off that gut instinct. And I'm like, um, no, I'm just going to choose to not think about that. And I'm going to like be unaffected and kind of, uh, I have another friend who's a nine and we talk about like, it's like turning off a, off a light switch. It's literally like done. I'm checked out. I'm not even going to like think about this or be affected by it at all. And that's kind of when I know it's an unhealthy place there. But so it is helpful to know that. But like, if we're living in health, then like our gut instinct as a nine is like a really healthy thing and healthy place for us, right? I love your distinction there, like between it sounds like you lean into that eight wing, you know, a little bit, or at least you have access to that when it's like, I'm going to stand up against injustice. I'm going to stand up for kids, for youth, for the vulnerable, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, for people who maybe don't have voice or um, the means to represent themselves well. And then again, you're kind of where you're saying, like, I tend to shut down when there's a fear of disconnect. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cause disconnect because connection is huge for you. Yes. So, so I love that, that you're, you can even identify that. That's a really big deal. Yeah. And I think part of that is learning. I have to also tap into that gut instinct when it is conflict. And that has like been the huge journey for me over the last year is like, it's okay. It's okay to walk through conflict. Yep. It's okay to use my voice, even if it's going to be hard and it might hurt someone. But if I know that this is the right thing. Yep. So that's been a major, major point of growth and challenge for me over the last just year or two. That's hard. That's hard for nines. Oh, totally. It's so, it's so hard. And I mean, any, I think everybody has that fear of like, oh, I don't want to disconnect. But, it, but for nines, especially where they're like, I, and I don't want to cause pain to somebody. Yes, I don't I like that. there's all, all of the things, you mm -hmm. know, where for some people it's like, well, well, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, like, but they, they can go to bed and sleep just fine. But for yeah. you, it's like, no, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to mm -hmm. carry this. That's a big deal. It'll take me like days to like send an email or, you know, like send a hard email or whatever. But, and sometimes I wish I had more of that, like, nope, I'm done. You know, just like move forward quickly, but you know. Come talk to me sometime. We, yeah, you can borrow, borrow some of that if you want. I'm like, Courtney, I need help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you talked about kind of being able to shut on or off, um, you know, kind of those emotions. What about routines? I've heard that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my friends who are nines tend to maybe focus in on routines as a means to kind of just move throughout their day. Do you have any of those or do you find yourself relying on routines at all? I've heard it said that nines really love creature comforts too. And I yes. think that's so true. It's like habits, routines, comfortable places, comfortable spaces definitely resonates. Like I know if I get up early enough, I have quiet drink coffee, have like a quiet chat with my husband before the day starts, um, have some time to like read a nonfiction book and journal, my day is going to start off a million times better. 
And then if I also have that time at the end of the day, it's like everyone's gone to bed and it's like quiet again and I can read and take a bath. Those routines like are so life-giving to me. And in the seasons when it's busier or I'm waking up and it's immediate noise and people everywhere and I have, don't have that processing time, I know the day is just gonna be like, oh goodness, I'm going to be playing like defense all day. But it's funny because I think one of the ways that nines get stuck is we don't build those routines, even though we know we need them really badly. And that's when we get in a place of like really frantic chaos. So that's something my husband always helps me with. He's like, okay, take a breath. Let's pause. Let's get a plan. And then once I have that plan and like everything's kind of in its structure, it's way easier for me, but it's easy to kind of also just let it be chaos. And then that's not good. Like that's, yeah, that's slipping into that unhealthy place. But yeah, so definitely routines, definitely creature comforts for sure. So Christine, you also host a podcast and wrote a beautiful book called The Kindred Life. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So The Kindred Life book, it released last May. And I like to say it's a part memoir and part inspiration guide for living a life of deeper connection right where you are. We're living in a time of busyness, more distraction and disconnection than ever, even though we're, you know, quote unquote, connected through online ways and social media. And this book is really a way to reclaim that connection in really tangible ways and kind of bringing us back to the rhythms that have connected humans since the beginning of time, like digging your hands in the dirt, getting your hands dirty in the kitchen, opening up your table, being connected to the land, even if you don't live on a farm or even if you don't even have a garden. So that's what I really wanted to do with the book. So there's 10 recipes, um, kind of just rustic recipes, ways that I cook in our house, not that my husband does as a chef, but things that everyone can do and that are meant for gathering and sharing. There's journaling prompts. So I really wanted to be a book that is practical for people and also inspiring, hopefully, so that they can take the themes and and really apply them to their lives wherever they are. And really just put that concept of kindred into everyone's hands in a way that's useful. So yeah, it's been really awesome. There's lots of photos and, you know, I wanted to be like a, you know, something you can put out on your coffee table or leave in your kitchen, like on your kitchen counter that's accessible and, um, you know, get it dirty, get the pages like covered with crumbs and, you know. Mud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. So yeah, it's been beautiful. And then the Kindred Life podcast I just launched in the fall. And so that's been amazing. I'm just loving um, after the whole book writing process, I'm loving just using my voice in an actual speaking voice and in a speaking way. And I feel like God had really called me out in boldness in writing the book. Um, and doing a lot of things that were way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> um, and then after that, it, you know, I was like, okay, now you're going to actually use your your speaking voice in a bold way. And so the podcast has just been wonderful. I feel like it's um, a way for me to share just way more depth of the themes that I kind of began in the book, but it's like completely different content. Um, and just, um, yeah, just trying to help people to live in a way that's building these beautiful rhythms back into our lives and really carving out the space for connection in just wherever you are and making room for the things that really matter most, like living in a purposeful way. So that's kind of what I talk about each week on the podcast. I love that. Your book is so beautiful. You, you were so thoughtful in the photography. It really, it, it feels like a coffee table book because mm-hmm. it's not one of those like, oh, I got to hide this away, but it's like <laughs> so beautiful. And then, like you said, it's like an invitation to interact with the book. There's journal yes. prompts, there's recipes. It's like one of those like multi-purpose books. So mm. I just 
love it. Thank and your you. podcast reads and feels just like a conversation with you where it's like calming and mm. encouraging. And it's like, um, what is the word we use? It's just like balm for my soul where I'm Aww. like, okay, I need to calm down. I need to listen to Christine right now. <laughs> you know, sometimes after a stressful day, my kids and I'll do that on our way home from school where it's like, okay, let's just listen. And it's so, so good. Thank you. I'm so glad because that's what I hope. That's what I just wanted to be like a place, a space of peace for people to kind of tap into. So I'm glad that it's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done, friend. So speaking of that, what is like the writing process and podcast, you know, content creating process look like for you? Well, um, at this point, after working on my book for three years, my creative flow is kind of pouring into the podcast episodes. And I'm loving that. I'm loving still using my writing voice in writing the episodes. And like you said, it's more narrative style. So I'll do some conversations here and there, but my heart was really to put it out as kind of a narrative style podcast. So it's been awesome. Like I love having that creative connection with it where I still get to write, but then I also get to do kind of the spoken word, you know, adding in like poetry or other passages from other authors that inspire me. And it's fun to weave those into the episodes it's kind of like if a blog was in a podcast, like that's kind of how kind of the format is. But um, I love that every week I can have a new topic, a totally different topic. And that was really refreshing for me after working on the same project for over three years. And there was kind of like this big culmination in this big build. Um, So it's been really refreshing in that. But as far as the writing process, it's really interesting because I hadn't thought about it to this moment. But I really think I tap into my gut instinct a lot with writing. And even with what I'm going to talk about each week on the podcast. And all I can say is it just kind of comes to me a lot. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to find a way to talk about this. And I keep the episodes real short, like 20 minutes or so. So it's kind of an easier, more manageable thing. But I just realized that now that I think that it is a healthy way to use that gut instinct. Absolutely. That's a great example. And then when I was writing my book, it was a very interesting experience. It, it felt really like a supernatural experience a lot of the time because I looked back later and there was so much I didn't remember ever writing. It was kind of going to this place of like this depth, greater depth than I ever had before and just like unearthing these things. Like I really feel like um, God helped me kind of use my voice in that way. And yeah, I don't know. It was a very like outside of myself experience, just like a bigger than myself experience to write the book. Did you find writing the book that you leaned into or that that felt a lot more comfortable than like a one-on-one interaction? Like it felt more of a safer space like in writing and maybe even in your podcasting versus like a, a face-to-face interaction? I don't know. What's interesting for me is I feel most comfortable in one-to-one face-to-face. So maybe that goes into like the other stances or whatever. I know that you're not talking about the today, but I think okay. I am more of like the one-to-one So I love like one-to-one face-to-face connection. And that's what I love about writing because I feel like I'm writing to one person. And with my podcast, I feel like I'm writing to one or I'm speaking to one person. That's That's kind of how I imagine it when I'm talking. And it's why I do not like speaking in front of crowds. (laughs) Courtney, I have talked about this. I don't, that is just not like a natural feeling for me at all. I like the intimacy and I don't know, it just doesn't, it's not how I naturally communicate. All right. Any final thoughts or anything you'd like to share, Christine, whether it's kindred, what you're doing? Well, yeah, just would love 
you know, to join our email list, um, follow us on Instagram. Um, but our email list is the best place for people to know about like our events and dinners and classes. We're launching classes this spring on the farm. We have um, some artisan pizza classes. All of them are sold out, but we are adding more. <laughs> We're working on some really cool projects this year. So definitely jump on there. And the podcast is every week. Invite everyone to just come and have a listen. And yeah, just thank you guys for what you're doing because I feel like this is such necessary work and it's worth it to dive in and really learn more about yourself. And this is such like a beautiful work that you guys are doing to help people live more into freedom of who they are. So yeah, I love it. Well, thanks friend. Hey, so if they wanted to find to, to be a part of the email list, would that be kindredfarms.com? Yeah, you can join my, I have a personal email list, like with my writing work at christinemariebailey.com. There's a bunch of fun freebies they can get when they sign up. Um, and then the kindredfarm.com, we also have like free recipes that you get when you sign up. Um, and that's where you'll like get access to our dinner tickets and all that. So yeah. And then we're on Instagram at um, organic scene. It's my personal one and at the kindred farm. Love it. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you for this today, Christine. This was super fun. Love um, as we're in spring and like new life, just talking about, you know, what that looks like. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so fun. Thank you everybody for joining us today. Join us next time as we continue our conversation about the Enneagram and what it means for your relationships. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, we'd love for you to leave a review. Your kind words help others find the show. For more great Enneagram content, you can follow Jackie and Courtney on Instagram at Enneagram with JB and at Courtney B Coaching. To learn more about Jackie and her resources on the Enneagram, you can visit her at EnneagramWithJB.com. We'll see you next time on Enneagram Conversations.